Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. It's Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, uh, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. We've got some solid stuff for you this evening. You're going to want to stick around because we're joined by Guy Relford, who's going to tell us a little bit about what you should be getting for the Second Amendment lover in your life, as well as Mia Cathel from townhall.com, the diversity lovers, the diversity, equity, and inclusion folks who've put all of their money behind your, your skin color and what uh, reproductive organs you've got as being like your main character traits, those diversity, equity, and inclusion people. They've had a uh, they've had a rough week. It, it's been um, it's been kind of a struggle for him. I mean, it's it's pretty rough. Before we get to that, though, let's get to the big news. That is that the oversight committee reports the House has passed the impeachment inquiry with a vote of 221 Republicans voting yes to 212 Democrats voting no. And this is coming on the heels of a lot of really disturbing allegations uh, with heaps and heaps of evidence piling up that President Joe Biden has engaged in many different ways with his son Hunter Biden's business dealings. Uh, It looks like Hunter peddled influence with the vice president, corrupting U.S. foreign policy uh, a lot in the same way that Senator Menendez did uh, for the nation of Egypt. It looks like Biden did so with the stands and Ukraine. That's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. If Republicans can keep it together, which is a very, 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 very tall order. But if Republicans, the moderates, the conservatives, uh, the establishment, the more libertarian Republicans and the populists can actually unify for once, this is pretty much the easiest slam dunk impeachment trial in U.S. history served up at a time when the media no longer has the power to ignore things like they did regarding the Hunter Biden laptop scandal in the 2020 election. So if they can keep it together, again, very, very unlikely, uh, it looks like they actually might be able to do something here. Do I think they'll actually do anything? Mm, No. But we can remain optimistic because it's simply that time of year. That time of year is not uh, too fun, though, for many of our lovely woke administrators at the university level, uh, mainly Claudine Gay of Harvard. Harvard, the supposed to be the most prestigious learning institution that has ever instituted anywhere in the entire world. Uh, She's struggling up a storm um, because now there are three separate cases from three uh, prominent scholars that have come forward um, claiming that Claudine Gay's thesis was. (laughs) full of plagiarism uh, from three different individuals. The Harvard student newspaper found that Gay violated the university's own standard of academic integrity and the New York Post 
has uh, reported that Harvard has since tried to cover that up. So really ugly stuff. Uh, since then, Harvard has kind of come out and said they really support Claudine. The NAACP has also come out saying they support Claudine because she's black. And I, I'm not kidding. That is legitimately the answer they're giving. They're saying, well, all these white people are really angry that a black woman is, is succeeding. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you steal someone else's work, uh, when you copy it and take it as your own, that has nothing to do with your skin color. There's not a box that you check um, when you plagiarize someone else's academic work where it says, what color are you? Um, that, that's, that's not actually on the form. So a big hand uh, to uh, the greatest of academics among us. I think that it was Dr. Claudine Gray who said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Um, Wayne Gretzky uh, by Michael Scott and now by Claudine Gray. So a huge round of applause for her. We're going to be talking a little bit more with that because that is just the tip of the diversity, equity and inclusion iceberg nightmare. And that'll be with Mia Cathel of townhall.com in just a little bit. Well, it's not stopping at Harvard University for defeats for the woke this week. Rutgers University has officially suspended its student justice in Palestine chapter, becomes the first public institution of higher education to suspend the radical group. And there's a good reason to suspend them. No, it's not because they held peaceful rallies, because a lot of people are making the case that, well, the, these students for justice for Palestine, they're just they're just free speech and they just don't like Israel. I think that's that's really fair. That's what they should get to do. No, that, that's not it, because whenever the woke get out to riot and protest, they tend to do things that they always do. Like during the summer of love with BLM, they were vandalizing buildings uh, over at Rutgers. The investigation is currently ongoing, but the evidence does not look good. They're also disrupting class, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, but universities are actually supposed to be about students taking classes. So students for justice in Palestine, um, ranting and screaming about, you know, the gender inequities and systemic oppressions of why Hamas should, you know, be allowed to rape women and children. So that organization has been halted there. And that's not even the worst thing. Uh, with Penn University and Harvard suffering hundreds of millions of dollars lost in donors, the left is finally starting to realize what may be the biggest political movement of the 2020s. And that is that many of the Jewish donors and a part of the, the Jewish establishment in this country that had previously sided, at least in the secular perspective, with the left and the Democrats, now that they're being targeted and called evil, racist, bigot, homophobe white people, they're starting to leave the Democrat Party. And they're starting to leave a lot of Democrat initiatives that had previously relied on those massive donations. And you can tell the left is freaking out about losing the Jews because the New York Times wrote an anti-Semitic article. Like, that's, that's always the tell. It, it, it's like... No, it's like death, taxes, and a New York Times article that's like completely off base. Those are the three things that are the most sure in life. So the New York Times wrote an article uh, today called A New Playbook for College Donors, Power Politics. And this entire article like whines about how donors don't like, uh, Jewish donors specifically, don't like when universities tut-tut calls to genocide the Jews on campus. And so they say, well, until you start following the actual policies that you've laid out in your handbook, we're taking the money away. And this has been the way universities have worked for nigh on eternity. I don't, you know that that's how things work, right? 
massive donors donate to universities and then get buildings named after them. They get wings of buildings named after them, classes taught that they want. There was an entire Simpsons episode about this when like Montgomery Burns goes to Yale and wants like a new nuclear course like put into place nuclear engineering course. This has been going on for a long time, but no, oh, now that the Jews are pulling out, now that the Jews aren't going to be Democrats anymore. Oh, see, now the New York Times has got to flip the whole script. Oh, God forbid. And it's hilarious because this is this is the real reason they're freaking out. In 2018 and 2019, the Democrats lost Cuban Americans because they decided that because they were, you know, conservative in their family life, they didn't like the whole trans thing. Uh, they were kind of acting too white for the Democrats taste. That's what a lot of Democrats down in Florida said. And this amazing thing happened. Cubans by and large left the Democrat party uh, down in Florida and in several other Southern and Southeastern states. And then Asian Americans were discriminated against, you know, beaten senselessly in New York city and in California, and not to mention discriminated against in the same Ivy league schools we mentioned earlier. And Asian Americans have started leaving the Democrat party because it turns out whenever you get too successful, suddenly you're white in the eyes of the Democrat Party and the liberal establishment. Following that, now we finally have the Jews, the Jewish Americans who are now too successful and too white and don't have the culturally appropriate opinions of supporting Hamas. And I think that, quite honestly, this is a very good thing for the country because this now gives common sense normal Americans an opportunity to recognize that the common foundation between a lot of Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Jewish Americans with the evangelical United States are core traditional values, individual liberties, and a desire to move the country in a common sense direction that isn't a bunch of silly, woke, and racist garbage. And if the Republican Party can figure that out, again, a tall order, it's something that's said a lot in conferences and at GOP conventions, but then when we actually get onto the streets, we don't actually participate in, you know, building a good traditional culture. If the GOP actually gets this figured out, the Democrats will have absolutely nothing, by which I mean they'll have angry suburban white women who drink wine for a hobby and a pastime and young college baristas whose lesbian dance theory major didn't pan out up next. We're going to be talking with Guy Relford. It's time to break out that second amendment Christmas list. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. We are joined this evening by the one, the only, the gun guy, Guy Relford. How are you doing, sir? Man, Tony, I'm doing great. Man. It's an honor to be on your show. Uh, you're doing you're doing fantastic and uh, it's an honor to be here with you. Uh, I really appreciate that. We'll, we'll we'll hop right down into the brass tacks. I asked a lot of the live chat over on youtube.com slash WIBC over the break um, if they were getting guns for Christmas. And a lot of them, shockingly, 
told me no. And a lot of people aren't getting guns for Christmas, but they've got a lot of Second Amendment enthusiasts in their life because, you know, they should be. So off the top of your head, what should you get the gun enthusiasts in your life for Christmas this year? Well, first of all, it's important to understand that um, actually buying a gun as a gift for another person is completely and totally legal uh, under both state and federal law. As long Mm -hmm. as you're using your own uh, resources, your own money to buy that gun and you intend it as a gift and you don't believe that person or have reason to believe that person is a felon or someone else possess a firearm, you can actually buy a gun uh, for another person. So if, if your, your your spouse, your your significant other is looking at a, a shotgun to go bird hunting or go shoot sporting clays or wants a new handgun, it is totally legal to, to do that. In addition, I can tell you, Tony, you can never go wrong with ammo. Uh, Amen. Ammo, you know, was, when we went through COVID, ammo was in such... Uh, short supply, and a lot of people got frustrated, and the prices were through the roof. And a lot of you know people's supplies of ammo, they like to go target shooting or or hunters or, or you know competitive shooters. Their ammo supplies got got way low during COVID, so ammo is always well received. And then there are you know accessories like uh, red dot optics are really uh, popular now to put on handguns. Uh, extra magazines. Everybody always appreciates extra magazines. Uh, oh, yeah. Your handgun. Those are all great ideas. So we're on with Guy Relford, the gun guy, one of the Indiana's best uh, attorneys when it comes to uh, firearms and the Second Amendment. So I, I want to pivot into and I so obviously I'm going to take your advice and I'm already ordering right now the bright Barbie pink uh, Ruger 1022 rifle for my dad uh, because I know that uh, as my favorite um, man's man countryman out in Henry County would absolutely love a bright pink uh, sporting rifle and I know that you're going to get one too Uh, but moving past the obvious purchases um, I know that a lot of people want to buy ammunition Um, But whereas I actually have kind of a guy who helps me get ammo at at kind of a reduced rate and for uh, not legal reasons, but more I don't want everyone to go this way and, you know, drain my source. I'm not going to share where I get my bulk ammunition. So I was hoping that you might be able to share where do people go to find ammunition in good quantity that's not super high in price. Often the gun store may not be the best place to go or, or is it? Well, it's an important question, Tony, because, listen, there are uh, websites. uh, For instance, there's a website uh, called AmmoSeek.com, and what that is is that allows you to go there. You put in the kind of ammo you're looking for, and it actually gives you um, a breakdown by price per round of the ammo you're looking for, and and you be really careful – on that site because some of the shipping costs are ridiculous. So you can't oh. just base it on the, the price per round. You always need to make sure you're checking the shipping costs. Um, and that can save you a lot of money, especially if you're buying in bulk. Having said that, our local gun stores are really struggling right now. And they're struggling for, a, 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 for in large part, 
because the ATF is putting just unbelievable pressure on your local mom and pop gun stores. They're try- really trying, and I'm not exaggerating here, and I've talked about this no, in, not at all. on my show. Um, they're really trying to put the local gun shops out of business. And I think it's a direct uh, uh, directive from the Biden administration. And so, you know what? If we got to pay 10 or, or 15 or 20 percent more, I will go to my local gun shop and I, and I will make my ammo purchases there, or accessories or firearms, uh, because our, our local gun shops really need us right now. They really do. I think that you're spot on there. And in my in my opinion, every man should have a barber and every man should have his own gun store that he goes to, that he knows the people there. For me, for me, that's High Smith Guns in Greenfield. Uh, love those guys. Uh, they're, um, oh, yeah. They've, they've just taken really, really great care of me. Shane and the whole crew over there uh, really appreciate the stuff that they're doing. And they've got a range. And this is the next thing I want to bring up to you. A lot of people really want to hone in the AR-15 or the 9mm, uh, and that's fantastic. But 5.56 rounds are a, a bit pricier than they used to be. I see a lot of people, myself included, uh, grabbing a Ruger 22 rifle and bulking up on 22 ammunition to practice. So you can't always go and, and burn up the 5.56 ammo. What about you? Are you are you the kind of guy that practices with 22, or, or do you usually go the actual round that you're practicing with? Oh, uh, you know what? It's such a great point, Tony. And uh, the Ruger 1022. Um, you know, everybody refers to AR-15 as America's rifle, and I think it's true in terms of being commonly owned. But America learned to shoot on the Ruger 10-22, and it, it's a it's, it's it's a beautiful gun. It's beautifully designed. Um, you can you can trick it out as much as you want to or not. But if I were going to go and teach someone, uh, as I have for. 30 or 40 years now been doing and I want to teach them how to shoot a rifle I'm mm-hmm. going to start them on a Ruger 10-22 it's just it's just a fabulous gun it's reliable it's accurate you can put a scope on it or an optic on it and and make it even that much more uh accurate um but it's it's just a great gun and and I'll often joke whether it's a handgun or a rifle that when I go to the range, if I really want to put some serious training time in, um, I'll shoot um, a, you know an appreciable amount of time with the, the the ammo and the caliber of of my choice in terms of what I train on for self defense purposes. And then if I'm not through shooting yet, then the 22 comes out, and that's true <laughs> of a pistol or a rifle. And and I got to tell you, like you know um, the 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 Ruger Mark III or Mark IV. Um, it's just such a fabulous handgun, reliable, accurate, and and you're shooting at what twenty or twenty five percent of the ammo cost of what you'd be using on a higher caliber. And listen, right. the fundamentals don't change. But, you know, yeah, recoil management, some of those things, that's a little different. But in terms of putting the sights on the target and manipulating that trigger in a way that delivers that round in an accurate mm-hmm. way. That's true whether you're shooting a BB gun or a 22 or a 9mm or a 50 BMG. It doesn't change. The fundamentals don't change. And uh, training with a with a smaller caliber, like a 22, I'm a huge fan of, and I think more people ought to do it. I, more people would have better marksmanship if more people did exactly what you're talking about. 
Absolutely. All about uh, muscle memory and practice. Quick here in just the last 15 seconds, I got a comment asking, uh, what would uh, be a great starter gun for home protection? This is just a comment from the live stream. Real quick, just wanted to get your best starter gun for for basic home protection. Uh, I'll tell you, a 9mm handgun would be where I'd start. A lot of people say shotgun, uh, but that requires, I think, a more training and, and more appreciation of the safety factors. Uh, a nine millimeter handgun, and, and it'd be my my place to start. And we can we can talk about more uh, in detail on that when you have more time. Absolutely, we'll plan on it. Guy Relford, gun guy, thanks for coming on, sir. No, I'm I'm serious. It's an honor, right? Yeah, and you're doing a great job, and I'm glad to be here with you. Well, thank you very, very much. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Uh, we are joined this evening by Mia Cathell from over at townhall.com. She was reporting on, uh, well, quite honestly, just the absolute doozy of a week that a lot of the diversity hires and uh, those seeking diversity hires have had. Mia, how's it going? Great. Thanks so much for having me on, Tony. Absolutely. So I read your report today, and uh, it's one of those that I leaned back in my chair after I read it because it was just it was just incredible. I almost couldn't believe the situation and then the excuse that followed. So tell us what happened initially in Boston. So, yes, uh, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, her office had mistakenly sent out an email uh, which exposed how racist her office really is. They were planning on hosting this segregated soiree uh, for so-called electeds of color. I guess that's what they're calling themselves uh, now. Oh, oh, so that's Ele- electeds of color. Yes. And, uh, you know, when I he- first heard people of color, I thought that sounded oddly similar to another phrase that's now extremely derogatory to say. But so, yeah, uh, this is one where it's a of color only event. And so the white uh, city council members, uh, there's seven of them, were purposely excluded. But uh, one of the administrators in uh, Wu's office accidentally sent this out to all of city council. And so they had to send a clarification email that this was an accident. In fact, uh, the white council members were not included in this event. I love that it's always an accident. The excuse that comes after the embarrassment of being exposed for exactly who they are. Like you can spin the wheel of fortune wheel to see what excuse they're going to be going with this time. And it was, oh, it was an accident. We meant to call our white council members. Uh, what was it again? Electeds of color. I, is electeds even a real word? I, I didn't even think that was a real word. They could have said elected <laughs> officials of color. They really shorthanded this. 
uh, EOCs, whatever, um, you know, just some new identity they're assuming. I believe Ayanna Presley also uses this terminology. Oh, well, that's a high standard. <laughs> so, all right. Yes, so I, something... I oh, go on. Oh, no, I, I just have to ask you because you, you brought up how, again, the term electeds of color or insert noun of color. It sounds a lot like the more derogatory colored people moniker that used to be identified during the Jim Crow era. And I I agree with you because this was the hinge point of an investigation I did back when I was with Chalkboard Review, in which we found that Anderson University, a Christian university in, you guessed it, Anderson, Indiana, uh, had told students they would be segregated, or excuse me, separated into students of color and then white students. And students of color, it would be a listening session for uh, all of the problems that they had on campus. And then the, the, the white students, again, they didn't define what white meant, um, but like those students were going to be uh, lectured on their systemic oppression. And so you had like the colored student group and the white student group. And eventually like the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights had to get involved. And again, it's the same accident. How, how many times is it going to take for them to learn? You see, they believe uh, there's no such thing as reverse racism although you know that's not an accurate term it's just racism it's believing another race is inferior to yours that yours deserves special privileges and so they believe even though boston is so entrenched in this anti-racist ideology that um you know whites should also be excluded uh and it, it begins with stuff like this being excluded from social gatherings and that's part of civil society and to think that this is a government sponsored event uh, that the mayor's office is hosting this, you know, that's something that's really eye-opening. And I think that uh, we're on with uh, Mia Cathel from townhall.com discussing the Boston mayor's office's decision to in- invite a uh, uh, elected people of color or electeds of color only kind of soiree, kind of caught in the act. Uh, what I want to kind of shift this to now is asking Over the last couple of years, we've seen these events increasing. Do you think that there's any point in which we're actually going to see legal action over this? Or or do you think that these groups are going to be continually allowed to just get away with, oops, it was an accident when when it comes to uh, accountability for these offices? Well, when it comes to this incident, uh, the Boston Herald, they're the outlet that got the scoop. uh, They reached out to the uh, excluded white city council members and for the most part they were okay and not offended or remained silent because they're fearful for speaking out and being accused of racism here <laughs> because you know they they believe that uh, white americans aren't allowed to speak up on this issue of race even if they are being uh, discriminated against and so i think it takes people to stand up and speak for themselves on this kind of issue Mia, thank you very much for your work on this. Uh, just kind of over the last couple of years, obviously, we've seen this trend rising. Uh, do you see Boston? Again, you said that a lot of the city council members were quiet. They kind of feared reprisal. Um, do you see kind of going forward in, in, the, in the New England area? Uh, do you see any kind of a pushback from this from local Democrat chapters? Is the, is the local GOP getting any kind of traction in, in fighting against this? Or is this one of those things that's probably going to die from the news cycle here in a couple of days? Just your your gut reaction. I believe it's the latter rather than the former. Uh, mm. I went to school, Boston. I went to Boston University. And I know a lot of the Republicans in office, 
They were, you know, more of the, the rhino types that sure. they're too afraid to speak out on this issue. And we have such vocal uh, figureheads there. We have AOC who attended BU. This is Iona Presley's stomping grounds. And so there's just mm-hmm. such vocal members of this kind of ideology. And so I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to push back. But that's certainly what we need because the squeaky wheels on the other side, they certainly make their voices heard. It's it's really pathetic to see how quickly a lot of the other council members who were, again, slighted against and, and quite disgustingly, even though they were on, supposed to be on the same team, even though they were excluded from this you know special event, it's really just embarrassing to see how quickly they just kind of bent the knee and kind of shoved their hands in their pockets and said, well, it's it's OK after all. And it's, it's so embarrassing. I, it just it makes your skin crawl. It's, you're almost embarrassed for them. Exactly. And if you were to think uh, if the rules were reversed, you would see this on the front page of the Washington Post, whites only events, you know, people of color excluded, but it's okay when a certain group of people are purposely excluded and these are elected officials. And if they're supposed to be setting, you know, a standard, it says to the people that it's okay to be treated like this. Absolutely. MiaCathelTownHall.com, in my opinion, uh, one of their most brilliant reporters. Thank you so much for hopping on with us this evening. Thank you, Tony. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Uh, we can be found in, an, in a multitude of, of really great places. Of course, we are on the airwaves out of Indianapolis on 93.1 FM. Many of you who are not experiencing road rage through the beautiful holiday evening traffic may be getting us that way right we're also found on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash WIBC. You can find all of the great WIBC live casts, and uh, that's where you can join the YouTube live stream chat uh, with all of the other yahoos that make my life so uh, absolutely frustrating during the show. Of course, the best place to listen if you're maybe not the kind of individual that tunes in at seven o'clock every weeknight is on the podcast services any place your podcasting services can be found a lot of great places to catch the show and uh, really have been encouraged by a lot of the great things that y'all have been sending me you can send things to me over at tony.kinnett at dailysignal.com and you can also send things to us over at the facebook page facebook.com slash the tony kinnett cast and the reason i bring up those really great places to send us stuff is I got a picture of a Deadspin article. So Deadspin is a sports outlet that hasn't been relative uh, for like 10 years. And, uh, or excuse me, relevant for about 10 years. 
And Deadspin was the organization that put out the article that said everyone needed to get upset uh, at the uh, like 11 year old kid who painted his face red and black um, for the Kansas City Chiefs game and said that he was actually participating in blackface. That Deadspin. So Deadspin posted a picture of Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida looking really happy, like looking off into the distance, kind of a, a sunshine glow. And it says Florida is predictably Florida in banning a transgender athlete. Um, so you read the headline, you're thinking, wow, like Florida's expelling a transgender athlete from the state. Oh, no, that's um, actually not what happened at all. However, here's the, the real story. This is the exclusive report over from Mary Margaret Olihan, who we had on earlier this week from the Daily Signal. A Florida public school is punished for allowing a boy to participate in girls sports which is illegal in the state of Florida. So a Florida high school has been fined and placed on administrative probation for violating the state's bylaws, um, which do not allow a biologically male student to participate on a female sports team. And the reason is because girls get hurt. Uh, we've seen volleyball players get serious injuries, collarbones uh, in, in upper levels of sports. We've seen skull fractures. Uh, biological males are biologically different than girls. Um, that, that's just that's just for free. I don't even have to dig into my biology, my biology education for that or what I used to teach my students, you know, when I was an award winning science and biology teacher here in the great state of Indiana. Uh, now, if you did want to know some of those other differences, it's not just the whole difference between the having a penis and a vagina kind of thing. Um, it also includes many other systems that are different, like the endocrine system. Uh, which is how your body governs hormones. Uh, that's very different between boys and girls. Also, the skeletal system, how muscles develop, when things develop. Those are not just something that you can pop a few pills and switch out. There's a very good reason why girls should not be allowing boys to biologically compete in sports with them. And the reason I love that this Deadspin article was sent to me is because I went and looked up the article's reception on social media, and it's just everyone saying, thanks for the good news. It's so great that Florida doesn't allow transgender athletes in the opposite biological sex's high school sports. And it's really a great example of how passionately the left advocates for conservatively governed states. I see this all the time. Public schools in Texas could be losing significant money because low-income students could afford to go to other schools. And it's like, well, that's fantastic. You mean that the Texas public school won't be able to hire diversity, equity, and inclusion administrators and super-duper hugs and feelings counselors? Uh, they might actually have to only spend their money on teachers? Otherwise, the students are going to go to a school that their parent chooses, not just the rich kids. Well, sign me up. I, I really enjoy a oh, local Iowa government decision means that drag queens won't be allowed to perform in public. And you read the article and it's actually that drag queens are no longer allowed to perform in front of children at public libraries or on public properties like public schools. And again, I, I cackle because what a great advertisement for the state of Iowa or the state of South Dakota, or you guessed it, the state of Indiana. And this became the most popular in the last couple of years during the whole don't say gay bill nonsense. 
uh, when it was promised that, oh, Florida has banned saying the word gay, which, of course, wasn't true at all. It was a three-page education bill which said uh, you're not allowed to teach overtly sexual concepts to kids um, before thir- or before fourth grade. So K through three, can't talk about that. And a lot of other states adopted that. Even our own Indy Star threw a hissy fit saying that Indiana was also banning the word gay from being discussed in schools. Um have you guys heard about any teachers in Florida or Indiana being arrested for saying the word gay in class? No, it was a bunch of garbage fear-mongering. Oh, oh, that's why uh, the Gannett publications like the Indianapolis Star are losing all of that money. Oh, gee, what a surprise. And uh, it turns out that, oh, remember how librarians were also going to be arrested in Indiana? I remember that big lie. Oh, librarians are going to be arrested in the state of Indiana. Oh, I remember all of that fear mongering. It turns out that all of the left's just doom and gloom that we're all going to live in this horrible society of Republican fascism turns out to be an advertisement for the individual freedoms governed by common sense traditional conservatism. And it turns out to be a pretty good advertisement for the latter. Because you have states like Florida that are growing immensely, so much so that Florida has to put out special offers and incentives for police officers and and first responders like firefighters and paramedics to come work at the state because there are just so many more people in that state. You have to have enough uh, local civil systems to support it all. People are fleeing to these states, and it's fantastic. And I see all of the same articles and the same reports on WTHR Eyewitness 13 that you do. Oh, there's not enough high-tech jobs moving to Indiana. Oh, no. You mean there's not going to be another Amazon warehouse that's built along I-70? Shucks. What a shame. But, boy, I sure notice all of the uh, suburban housing developments that are sprouting up in Greenfield and in Fortville and in Brownsburg and in Newcastle. And in uh, Terre Haute and all of the other cities kind of in that central Indiana stripe, it turns out that good governance is bringing people here left, right and center. And in every red state that's growing. And do you know why that's the case? Because the left isn't reporting it. Anytime the left gets in, anytime there's like a member of the Republican Party that's implicated in a sexual assault scandal, you hear about it on TV for like a week. And, and by the way, you should anytime that there's an individual who commits sexual assault before they're hanged for that crime publicly. Um, yes, it should be broadcast all over the media that this is the scumbag who did this horrible thing. I don't care what party they're from, but you'll notice that selectively uh, certain publications of certain ilks tend to, to go a little deaf in both ears whenever people are fleeing to red states. So much so that even when the left tries to criticize states like Indiana and Florida and South Dakota and Iowa and Arkansas for policies that are beneficial to students, to their families, to the community at large, to the severely reduced crime rates, uh, obviously, if you're outside of Democrat controlled downtown Indianapolis, it turns out that even when they criticize conservative social policies, that's still a great advertisement for the state. So if you're out there and you're on the left, and I know that there are several members of the left that listen to this show, AG hopeful Destiny Wells, Indiana's own Stacey Abrams, I know that at least you or whatever intern you've hired to bring on your staff, here's a little bit of advice. 
please, oh please, please keep whining on Twitter and Facebook and in press releases and to leftist outlets failing like the Indianapolis Star and and others around the country about how awful and horrible and evil Republicans are for not wanting children's lives to be saturated with LGBTQ plus 2IA, etc., Please continue whining about it because it's bringing the best sorts of people here. The Hispanic families in Indianapolis that are moving here from other more liberal states, as those areas grow thick with a lot of woke policy, what's individuals that I've spoken to in the Hispanic community moving here are Catholic, very traditionally conservative, and are eager to pitch in. So Indiana's even getting the best of the best when it comes to the migrant situation in this country, and I am here for it. So by all means, left, continue advertising why it is fantastic to live in a conservatively governed state. Thank you very much for tuning in this evening. The podcast, as usual, will be uploaded later. You have been listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.